This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Back of the Nest. Match preview podcast. www.backofthenest.com Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host Terence Ford and I'm joined by Sam and Albert. It's Chelsea away. Let's get it. Reviews, predictions, comments and rants. Send us your voice clips on WhatsApp. 0203 575 1266. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, we're all extremely excited here um, because Carl Walker's just gone in goal for Man City in the Champions League. Um, <laughs> uh, Albert, you're sh- sharing some fantastic memories of Sellers Park and Neil Warnock teams. Yeah, Rob Kozluck going in goal for the last like 15 minutes against us when we were 1-0 down against Sheffield United and I think making a couple of good saves, frustratingly. I, th- I think Shipley being guilty of some sloppy finishing. Um <laughs> Outfield players in goal. It's it is you know the rarest of unicorns in the footballing game. I'm really excited. Yeah, remember Clinton Hill going in goal at an away game. I can't. I always forget who it was against. And uh, Julian Sproni went off injured, uh, bleeding from the head, so he just went and got bandaged up. So he was only in goal for like 15 minutes while Sproni got the treatment and pulled off a worldy of a point blank save from a one on one. And um, the entire way and just singing for the whole time he was in goal, England's number one. <laughs> Who do you think would be our outfield player of choice now should the worst happen and we have to do it? It'll be Luca. Did you not see that video of him saving his own penalty? Oh, don't watch that shit. <laughs> um, well, I think the obvious choice is Max Meyer. <laughs> Victor Camarasa, we finally figured it out. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's... For, well, it's, I'd probably say James MacArthur because he can pretty much do everything. Yeah. So I, I reckon he'd be handy between the sticks as well. I reckon check the RA because he's massive. Yeah, he's really tall. We all, we, we all know the right answer is Jeffrey Schlupp. Right, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and the following week he'd keep his place as well because Roy was like, oh, we've done a job. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's in possession of the shirt. It's his to lose. <laughs> right, I don't think we need any more of this. 
What kind of beer do you like? Heineken. Fuck that shit. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Uh, right, Heskiff, you've got a you've got a buy this week because you're not feeling too well, are you? No, I I even had to come home from work, and I obviously, as everyone knows, I'm a massive workaholic, so this is big trouble in Little Norbury. Yeah, you love the office more than anything else in life, I believe. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, which is why, unfortunately, there is no beer; there is only orange juice. Um, now, Can I just say you didn't say you didn't say I had to come home early. You said I had to come home. Do you not normally come home from work? No, I usually sleep under my desk. Actually, all oh, right, fair enough. Yeah. And Albert, you've probably been for a couple of beers already, trying to sort your internet out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on the I'm on the dregs of one. I was, I mean, I'm so excited at the prospect of Car Walker and Go. I did consider going to crack open a third, <laughs> um, but I'm probably just going to nurse the last dregs of this. Moncada Brewery, Buco, Buco. So, is this still for the the box of your wife? Uh, hey, steady. <laughs> uh, no, it's a bottle of beer. Thank you very much. Yes, yeah. It's a. It's our our fridge is full of nonsense beers, and I'm I'm humouring you <laughs> by very gradually making my way through them. I had a Clockwork Tangerine or some bullshit earlier. That yeah. was awful. Yeah, Brewdog one. That's it's not too bad. Um, so I'm on a a beer from what a sour from Upfront Brewing uh, this week, and you all saw what it was called in the group. It's called Das ist Techno Sex. I'd be honest, I didn't see the sex. I just thought it was called Das ist Techno. Das ist Techno Sex. Nice. Did you say it's a sour? It is a sour, yes. It's a, What's um, that? Isn't that whiskey and egg? It's a passion fruit and key lime goose with pink Himalayan salt and Indian coriander seeds. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> and it's pretty good, actually. It's, um, given it it's enough- funny, that's how, I, that's how I describe Man City's away kit. <laughs> it is definitely the worst away kit one of ever. Do you remember those... Um, sweets as a kid they remind me of a sweet as a kid like a i don't know like a sherbet dib dab kind of packet or something like that well if you're a kid of a certain age i guess yeah rings a bell i think my scout leader used to give them out steady on (laughs) yeah moving swiftly on to the academy um where hopefully there are no scout leaders um steve parish sporting a beard albert what did you think of his beard Totally honest, didn't see it. <laughs> well, just quickly. What sort of beard? Describe it for me. He's got a full beard. It's what? Yep. If you go, go to while me and Sam are discussing this, go to the official Palace YouTube channel and uh, watch the video of him talking about the academy, and you'll see his beard. Although saying that, your 0.5 megabytes per second download speed on your internet might not be so great. After resetting it, it is now running at an average of 20. Thank you. <laughs> Great stuff. Shout out, BT. I know you're a big fan of the beard, Heskiff. Yeah, it, it took me a little while to realise what the difference was when he was on telly. Uh, it's a thin little beard. It's, yes. Yeah, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's wispy. I think it's pretty good, pretty filled in. Um, still, like, just a little bit longer than stubble stage, but, yeah. Um Fills in those hollow-looking cheeks that he's had of recent weeks. So um, <laughs> that's probably why he's gone for it. Uh, but gr- great news concerning the academy, and um, it looks like it's a lot further down the road than the, uh, the new main stand is. Yeah, and that's that was one of my concerns when this news first came out that you know we were going to announce things about the academy. I was hope, hoping that there would be something to actually announce rather than sort of... Uh, announcement of an announcement uh but yeah like you said it seems like it's a little bit further down the line and they were taking it to the local residents i think weren't they this week to to sort of get their views on it so hopefully um that will get going sooner than the the new main stand and we can push for the the category one status which would be great yeah i think it's really important that is and i think over the last couple of years there's been a lot more teams putting trust in youth um on a more wide scale basis especially our opponents coming this weekend Chelsea 
and um, everyone's seeing that they cope quite well. So we need to find ways to get those players in, and we need to we need the facilities to make you know South London an attractive proposition for them, especially considering there's not many teams in South London, and you know that good old catchment area that we talk about uh, can be exploited um, from one academy to perhaps the greatest academy of all time, Ajax. Uh, they've been training at our our ground today, Albert, our training ground. Bit, bit of a come up for the books. I bet Gyro Riederverd was happy to see him. <laughs> he tried to leave with him, apparently. Get on the plane, see if <laughs> anyone noticed. Yeah, but there was, he had to go in excess baggage. <laughs> yeah, but um, of course, loads of Palace fans all over social media have been after one thing, Heskiff, and that's a pre-season friendly against Ajax Amsterdam. Oh, I mean, that would be... The, the dream, wouldn't it? Mm. It's better than better than going to you know Bath City or something. No offense to them. Um, yeah, it'd be great. Maybe we can leave Gyro there and uh, poach someone else. Albert, would we be able to drag you along to Ajax away? Uh, yeah, probably. I've never been to Amsterdam before. Never been to Holland before. So you've you've never been to Amsterdam before. Nope. Wow. Um... Don't like marijuana, and there's strippers in this country, isn't there? So <laughs> that's not the reasons, the only reasons you go to Amsterdam. There are lots of other things there. It's a very beautiful city. You've got the Van Gogh Museum, you've got loads of canals, cycle around, oh, tulips, nice. clogs, and all that. It's lovely, mate. You've pretty much described Watford by the clog. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think there's one Nando's in um, Amsterdam, let alone two. So, <laughs> what you say in Holland? <laughs> Sold it out. Uh, right. What we've had this week is um, the Evening Standard writing that Crystal Palace fans might be banned for throwing missiles at Casper Schmeichel. Now, I'll go away for one game, and it all seems to have gone off. Uh, Heskiff, do you want to explain to me what's happened here? Well, yes. So there, we, there was a, a display before the game that was put on by the HF, which was the usual sort of hold up a bit of paper. And then during the game, fairly unprovoked, I don't, if, if there's something happened to, to start it off, I don't know what it was, but people sort of like scrunched them up and started lobbing them on the pitch while singing your shit and your dad's a which was admittedly quite funny. Um, but then it sort of kept going and he had a bit of a, not a paddy about it, but he was getting in a bit of a huff and it sort of became a bit obvious that, you know, the more people did it, the more trouble we'd get in, even though it's only bits of paper. But the ref sort of stopped it periodically and told him to like boot him off the pitch. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that something's come out, but considering all the games that, you know, we've seen flares and smoke bombs and that, a couple of bits of papers, not you know, you're not going to give anyone a paper cut, are you? So yeah, I mean, there was there, we've literally sung that song about him every time he's ever turned up at Sellers Park. So this isn't this isn't new, uh, but yeah, I mean, I was obviously at the Düsseldorf Cologne game this weekend, and anyone who's seen the pictures I posted, it looked like the, the away end was on fire. There were so many flares in there, and. Um, yeah, the the English press is reporting that missiles are being thrown on the pitch when you know it's a bit of screwed up paper that can barely <laughs> barely reach the field of play. A bit crazy to suggest that people might get banned for doing that, but um, yeah, get a grip and especially do not throw missiles this weekend, Albert, at the Chelsea game. If you see Simon Jordan in the crowd, because it will be his first game since he sold, and I loosely say sold Crystal Palace back in twenty ten. Yeah, I, I was, I mean, it's only when he says it that you think, oh yeah, he probably hasn't been to a game. But um, I mean, I like Simon Jordan. If I saw Simon Jordan, I'd shake him, warm me by the hand. Um, something tells me he won't be in the away end though. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be in the away end or not. I kind of hope that he would be, you know, if he's going to, if he's going to do it and come back, he should sort of go back to his roots in that sense. And Would you? Well, yeah. Yeah, I think I think Palace fans can be quite forgiving. Um, I really do. I do. I've seen all sorts of different players in away ends at Palace and stuff like that, and I, I don't think anyone would give him grief at all. I think he'd get more of a hero's welcome than anything. I think enough time's probably passed 
um people who wouldn't want to say anything to him just wouldn't wouldn't go over to him and most people would be warm to him i reckon i don't like i've always said with simon jordan you can't fault the bloke like in the in terms of what he was trying to do he loved palace he wanted to make us successful and he just went the wrong way about it he was just shit at it but at the end of the day he blew his fortune on us is what he did and uh, yeah i fully agree yeah, and is i don't think there's any point having ill feelings towards him um obviously him and parish have problems and he said in this interview on talk sport i'll never go to sellers park while steve parish is there said he's drawn a red line in his life between him and steve parish and he obviously feels that parish is taking over the club as a bit of a coup which um was unfair on him and uh, obviously i don't think parish believes that he was doing what he feels was best for the club so I don't know what else to say, really, Albert. Do you think that's why Parrish has grown the beard? Because he's scared that Simon Jordan might recognise him at the game <laughs> and duff him up? Or, you know, the beard might soak up some of the punches that Jordan throws at him or something. bit of cushions that blow a little yeah. bit. <laughs> what about you, Haskiff? Would you ignore him, talk to him, say hi? Uh, well, I haven't thought about that. I probably, I don't. I don't really have an opinion on him. I think he made some silly mistakes, but then I guess we all we all probably have, haven't we? Just with a lot less money involved. So, yeah, I think he ha- it was a bit of a twat at times, but he's all right. I'm water under the bridge in it. Yeah, I think, I think we're in a better position now, so it's it's all good. Yeah, I think the main mistake that Simon Jordan made was the ivory tower that he created for himself and didn't take advice, didn't talk to other people we got on the wrong side of loads of other owners instead of sort of becoming part of the community where you can learn a lot make friends and you know ultimately that cost us in 2005 if you think about it that um the, re- the only reason charlton turned up famously was because they wanted to relegate us they had nothing to play for and you know they played the best they'd played in weeks because um under the the guidance from the charlton chairman telling them to you know relegate crystal palace because ultimately because the way Simon Jordan behaves. So, um, you know, that's going to have a small percentage of fans worship hero in him because, uh, you know, that's probably how you should behave towards Charlton. But, you know, at the end of the day, a slightly nicer Simon Jordan might have seen us stay up that season and, heaven forbid, he might still be (laughs) in charge of us now. Um, Last piece, Mark Bright, uh, his book finally comes out tomorrow. Um, if you haven't listened, he's been on the Headliners podcast on BBC Sounds talking about his book for 45 minutes. Um, very emotional listen, really. A lot of it is um, you know, him talking about him being brought up in a home when he was a kid and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, is Albert any more desire to buy Mark Bright's book based on... Um, no, it being a little bit more of a deep, sensitive kind of book. Yeah, I might get around to it one day. I mean, there's still things that I wanted to read 10 years ago that I haven't read. So, you know, like the TV guide, but there's no point in reading an old TV guide, is there? So, Did you used to like circle what you wanted to watch? Oh, mate, still do it at Christmas. Um, Video Plus, get there, type in that. 48 digit code to record Back to the Future Part 2 when you're at Auntie Mabel's on the 27th of December. They can't even find it and fucking worked. Um, anyway, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent. Uh, yeah, I would like to read it, but don't take it personally, Mark Bright. I just don't get a lot. If there's an audio book, I'm, I'm on it. You'd want to listen to his voice? I was going to say, who would you want to read it out? Stephen um, Fry, obviously. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Um, I've got a follow-up question on the TV Times, Albert. Do, do you Go have a, a specific pen colour if it's a movie you worked on that you're circling? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mate, I've got those on DVD. <laughs> yeah, avoid at all costs. One star. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, Wrath of the Titans. <laughs> Skip that one. <laughs> Is that the worst film you ever worked on? Uh... End result, yeah, but it was a good laugh. <laughs> was this the one when you wasn't on holiday in the Czech Republic? No, that was uh, that was Spider Man. That was last year. This time last year, almost. Mm. Where was there any foreign shooting on Wrath of the Titans? Seven weeks in Tenerife in the height of summer. Well, that's 
glory. That bands. sounds pretty good. That does. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Height of summer. No, no cheap accommodations. They couldn't stick you in like, you know, some crappy hotel. So it had to be five star, unfortunately, because that was all that was left. So, so take that. Is what I imagine Jason punching and Bakary Sacco's life now at Paphos, just living in a five star hotel in in the, in the heat of Cyprus. Um, down Linekers, mate. Good down Linekers. Obviously, Will it, Wayne Lineker there. Just uh, let's just leave it. Move on. <laughs> Heskiff, you've you've got a message for one of your friends before we um, go off and talk about uh, our trip to the bridge. I have. It's just a quick one, um, and I know he listens to to the pod, so I've already dug him out a little bit at, at the Leicester game. But Irish Alex, um, I woke up on Sunday morning to see that he, who is a Palace fan had tweeted uh, words of support to Shane Duffy of Brighton because he's Irish. And when I called him up on it on Sunday, he did an about turn and walked off away from me because he knew exactly what he'd done. And I just want to publicly shame him on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, this so, is a disgrace. What's his at on Twitter? Uh, his at on Twitter is Alex P. Kelleher, I believe. Uh, that's That's... That's a spelling and a half, isn't it? <laughs> uh, get at him on Twitter and give him abuse because that's just basically all sorts of wrong. I don't care if he's Irish, mate. That's just, you, you've had a... I didn't think you were allowed to do what you've just done. What do they call that? Doxing. When you... Doxing. I don't think you're allowed to do that, mate. Yeah, it is if it's Brighton related. Yeah. All right, I think fair it's enough. fine, yeah. What? Send me his handle. <laughs> we'll do it. Shane Duffy, I think, is his handle. <laughs> right um yeah let's go off to a short break and when we come back uh we will be talking about our visit to stamford bridge on the weekend for a buddy 12 30 kickoff back of the nest match review podcast www.backofthenest.com zahar in Russia and now he's equalised here at Stamford Bridge against Chelsea superb well starts from a sloppy ball from Pedro here is Zahar now it's Benteke he's in and he's scored unbelievable eye-popping show-stopping brilliance on the counter from Crystal Palace and Christian Benteke so as you could hear there, the commentator saying eye-popping, show-stopping brilliance on the counter from Crystal Palace as Christian Benteke scored to make it 2-1 in our last victory at the bridge. Uh, Heskiff, is it going to have a, to be another eye-popping, show-stopping brilliance on the counter sort of performance this coming weekend? Uh, it will be eye-popping if Benteke scores. <laughs> yeah, especially sure. with that much confidence. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say, though, that, that goal, I think if... If someone other than a Palace player had done it, if a Chelsea player had scored that goal, the, the commentator would have lost their mind. So it was a fantastic finish, mm, that was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, we are going to have to play very well. And I think playing on the counter, as we all know, suits us and is what we're good at. But I think uh, after the debacle of more set-piece concessions, um, we're going to have to make sure we do that first before we worry about counter-attacking anything else, I think. Yeah, let's get straight into that then. Uh, Albert, I've already told Heskiff this one. Chelsea, um, zero goals from set pieces at Stamford Bridge this season so far. That's uh, that's quite a statistic. <laughs> that will definitely change this weekend. Yeah, what do you, what do you think's happened? Um, is it, do you think it's the changing of the back four and goalkeeper over the last few weeks that just has put a bit of inconsistency in amongst the back line? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that doesn't help. Um but it's yeah, it's it's such a it's such a departure from how we you know we're used to Hodgson teams dealing with set pieces that you know it's almost you know, I don't know what the answer is, but it's almost feels like there's there's more to it than that. But I mean that first goal on Saturday was was appalling, was absolutely appalling from a defensive point of view. Um, Do you know what's even worse about that first goal is that 
initially live scores got it wrong which is the app that links to my apple watch so it came through when i was at the dusseldorf cologne game that um, we're taking the lead so there's me celebrating <laughs> only to <laughs> promptly be oh no correction it's one nil to leicester how did you how did you how did you style that out um i i was so pissed <laughs> i'd um the night before i'd been to a poker night um in Aachen, which is like an hour and a half train ride away from Dusseldorf. Um, got in after the poker night, went home via a nightclub, <laughs> got in at about five in the morning, and then was back up at 8.30 in the morning to get to Dusseldorf. And I was not sober by the time I got on the train to go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I don't think anyone really cared. I was making a fool of myself anyway. <laughs> but um you did touch on there about expecting Roy Hodgson teams to defend well from set pieces. But Heskiff, since Hodgson's been in charge, only three teams have conceded more goals than set plays against us. So is this just a bit more of reverting to the norm? Um, and we was in a bit of a purple patch before that. Wow, that is a stat that I did not know, I have to admit. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't... It, it must be a pretty good purple patch because I genuinely don't remember us being particularly bad at set piece defending but for the last yeah couple of games I mean like Albert said the defending for that Leicester goal was absolutely atrocious that someone posted a, a picture on Twitter uh, you know a still of just when, when the guy was about to head it and you know there's only like two Leicester players in the picture there's basically all of our team but he stood completely on his own in the middle of the in the middle of the box so it's not just sort of quite bad defending in the same way that, you know, like Louise's goal against Arsenal. It's really, really bad. I mean, it's atrocious. And I think, you know, especially when you're playing good teams, which Leicester are, and we've we done a right up until that point, you know, if, you, if you're giving them dollies like that to score, then you're really setting yourself up for, for failure because, as we know, scoring goals is our problem. So if we're letting in really easy goals every game now, we're really going to be climbing, you know, up a mountain to try and get anything out of the game. And I'm sure Roy isn't happy about it and, you know, wants wants to tighten up and, and get our defence back on top. But I don't know whether that's because, you know, Kelly's not played and Tompkins has, which is a strange thing to say after how good he was last year. Um, or whether it's just a collective switching off, which needs to be cut out as quickly as possible. It's a shame, really, because I thought up until, and, and almost after it as well, up and up until that first that first goal, did, I thought we defended really well from open play. You know, we look we look really solid, um, and then that was just you know just came out of nowhere, and it was it, it was a shocker, really, just absolute shocker, and really, really took the wind out of our sails. I thought, yeah, and it was Tompkins who lost his man for it. Um, can you see Kelly getting back in, Albert? You, reverting back to, you know, if you look at statistically, I think we've only conceded two goals maybe when Kelly's actually been in the starting eleven. Yeah, I mean you have to start you have to start basing the selection on on something, you know, and I've I you know, I've said previously on on this pod that whatever whatever combination of centre halves we put out, you know, I'm I'm almost happy with it. But if I had to pick a weaker one or, you know, it and I almost can't say why, like Tompkins and Cahill seems to be the the one that seems less attractive. Um, you know, if if Sacco's fit, I'd want Sacco in the t- you know he'd be number one choice, and and Cahill very closely behind. But I don't know what it is about Tompkins and Cahill as a combination that I don't like. I don't know if it's they're ever so slightly less mobile as a as a pair. Um, yeah, I don't I, I don't know. And you say Kelly's the stats for when Kelly's in the team speak for themselves. So. Him and Cahill have been have been pretty solid as a partnership, so maybe we do revert. Yeah. I, I, I feel if on paper I would think you know Cahill and Sacco, Sacco being a left sided centre back probably makes the most sense to have Cahill on his favoured right hand side and Sacco on his left. But what you then create is you have two centre backs that are trying to break the lines with passes which can then probably cause confusion for what is, you know, a limited team in that sense of trying to create space with movement to pick up those balls in between the lines. 
when Sacco's got the ball, you know he's going to try and do it so you can conform to that. When you've got both of them doing it, I just don't think our players are good enough in that sense to both to be looking for passes from both of them. So maybe there's some sort of confusion being caused in there. I don't, I haven't, you know, that's just a thought that's come to me just as I'm talking. So I haven't put much into it, but it's just, I feel like, you know, a team of our level, we want one centre-back making those passes and then one centre-back just being all about the defending. And maybe that's why it works well with Cahill and Kelly in that sense, because um, you had your no-nonsense and then you you knew when Cahill was on the ball that you were looking for the pass that was going to perhaps help unlock the other team. But yeah, I've, uh, Tompkins has, you know, he's been in and out with injury and he's still definitely a bit rusty, but um we can't have short memories. We've got to remember that Saka and Tompkins for large parts of last season were were excellent. And we, <laughs> but as from Brighton away, we know that Tom, and Brighton at home, I guess we know that Tompkins has a shocker in him occasionally. But then so does Sacco, and um, so does anyone, I guess. So there you go. It's, we can't complain. We've got four good quality centre backs, five quality good centre backs. So um, like you say, any two of them together really. But we we need to find one and settle on it for a period of time because at the moment it's starting to look a little bit ropey back there. Um, looking at our opponents, I was listening to Roman's Empire, which is um, a podcast run by some American Chelsea fans. Um, literally could not find a decent English run Chelsea podcast. Um, but these two guys who were speaking were very knowledgeable. Uh, <clears throat> Jorginho will be suspended Heskiff this weekend. Um, which apparently is a huge loss for them. Uh, him and him and Kovacic, get this stat, had 22% of the possession between them at Watford away last weekend. Bloody hell. <laughs> That's insane. Watford only had 33% possession. Jesus. I mean, that's great if he's not playing, but I did read somewhere that Kante was going to be back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it will be Kante. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know, we, obviously we look, we, we, we're going to be happy with, with any little crumb that we can get, I think, when you're playing a team like Chelsea, who going forward have looked very good. Um, and I think Jorginho has been a big part of how well they've they've been doing in, in the recent past. So great if he's not playing, you know, I think that's going to be a bonus for us. But when you've got someone like Kante who can come in and and sort of slot in, it's not it's not as big a loss, is it really, considering what a good player he is? Mm. Um, Albert, I've got, they drew 4-4 with Ajax um, on Tuesday night in the Champions League uh, and really only got that result off the back of Ajax getting two red cards in the space of a minute um, when it was 4-1. Uh, so there's definitely goals to be had against them, isn't there? Yeah, and it, you know, there's there's been a few games this season in the league where they've seemingly look like they're cruising to a comprehensive victory and then, you know, conceded some late goals. And I know they were what they've fallen up against well they fallen up against Wolves and then conceded two. Um Burnley, Burnley, fallen up against Burnley, yeah. And then yeah, then what I think Wolves previously as well, a few couple of weeks ago. They oh, were okay. they were up against them and conceded some late goals. That goes back past my research period. <laughs> oh, that's all right. I'll, I'll do it for you, mate. Uh so you know, there's. De- I think that you know the weakest part of their team is that is their defence. You know, they they seem to play very good football going forward, and I'm not the only one who thinks it. It's kind of it's hard to dislike them at the moment. You know, I've never I've never really had a problem with Frank Lampard at all. You know, I think he always comes across well. Um, seems to be doing a good a good job, and you know, and he's he's doing what we'd like to do. He's he's using, albeit via the means of having a transfer ban even though they're saying that that's not part of it. You know, he's he's using what you call their, you know, their youth team and giving giving young players a chance and they seem to be thriving. So it's kind of, I guess I'm a bit jealous really. And I'd, I'd, I'd never say I was jealous of Chelsea in, in recent years. Um, but yeah, I think at, at the back is where they're weakest. You know, they've got some young players back there and, and Zoomers, I think, prone to a howler every now and then. Um, so... Whilst I think it'd be difficult to get anything out of the game, I, I, I certainly don't think it's the biggest stretch of the imagination to imagine getting at least a goal. Yeah, I mean, for for all this talk of them being not great at the back, they do seem to score a lot of goals, which is a worry for me. Like my my research for this pod was not watching the game yesterday because I was at a concert. <laughs> Anyone so. 
Uh, it was a French singer called Lolo Zawai, who was... Imagine my shock. <laughs> imagine your shock, a French concert. She was uh, fine. Uh, so that, that's that's this week's music review out of the way. And how, um, how was her singing? Hooray, I was there with my wife. <laughs> um, so yeah, but I mean, like the sound effects on points. Um, they they seem to be good Chelsea going forward and scoring a lot of goals and I'm a bit I'm a bit wary that we're letting in silly goals I think that's my thing um, not to say that we are incapable of scoring against them you know obviously scoring two goals at Arsenal two goals at Old Trafford shows we can do it against the bigger clubs in inverted commas away um, but I'm just a bit worried our slack defending of late is going to play into their hands a bit. Yeah, they do score a lot of goals and Tammy Abraham's scoring a lot of them. And uh, thinking back to when he was on loan at Swansea, he absolutely destroyed Martin Kelly to win a diving header and score a goal in that game. So maybe bringing Kelly back in for this one's not the right choice in that sense. Um, We might have to make some changes ourselves. Uh, Albert, James MacArthur back injury, was it, that forced him off early against uh, Leicester on the weekend? Oh, we look like a nasty one as well. Maybe a bit, maybe a bit winded for good measure. Uh, yeah, and I think MacArthur was fantastic. Um, again, certainly in the first half, I thought he was he was the uh, a vintage MacArthur performance. Just just absolutely everywhere, trying to do it, almost trying too hard at times just to do everything. Um, but you know, is it an opportunity for Max Meyer? You know, it's, I don't know if Townsend, if Townsend will be back in time for this weekend. So, you know, as, as disappointing as it is that MacArthur won't be there, uh, certainly if Townsend's back, you know, we've, we've, you know, midfield is where we've kind of got almost as many options as we have at centre half. So, um, I'm sure as long as it's only for a game, I'm sure we could scrape by in a game that you know, realistically, it's a it's slim pickings that we might get we get anything out of it anyway. No, no gyro read of old coming in? Uh, probably not, mate, to be honest. <laughs> Victor Camaras has got more chance, I hear. But, um... Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Unless yeah. gyro eats him. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, James McCarver will always be a huge miss. I think pretty much everyone has... It's been a slow burner, but after five years or six years, he's been, five years he's been with us now, yeah, five years, he's... Uh, everyone's pretty much on the side now and appreciates what he does for the team. And um, hopefully he'll be fit again or, you know, maybe he'll just get rested in a national breakup come in kind of a bit like they did with Vicente Guaita, you know, give him those couple of weeks just to let it ease down a little bit. But um, Heskiff, I, again, I'm, I keep going back to the Leicester game because I wasn't there and the, the 2-0 scoreline and seeing Jamie Vardy flapping around like an eagle, you know, I had no desire to watch back the highlights. Max Meyer appeared to be getting some sort of um, backlash on Twitter for his performance. So is it likely that he'd be the person who would step in? Yeah, he did get a bit of backlash, which I thought was a bit unfair. I mean, he did he he, he wasn't very good, to be fair. But, you know, he, he's getting the odd 10-minute cameo here and there, if at all. So, you know, it's tough for him to come in and make a huge difference when the rest of the team had sort of shut down really anyway and, and weren't doing much. Um, I'd like, as always, I'd like to see him start games and, and maybe play uh, not as a winger. Um, I know that that's a, t- a very tough ask, but I think, you know, if we, if we are to see the best of him, I think we'd have to, you know, give him a run of games from the start rather than these little sub-appearances. Um, I'd be surprised if he plays. I mean, I think if Jimmy doesn't, then you're either going to see McCarthy back in or Andros if he's fit, um, you know, like we did against West Ham. So I'd be I'd be very surprised if 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 Max is is going to get a game because I think he's got a massive uphill struggle now to to push himself into real you know regular reckoning for a first team place. But uh, you know, I'd like to see it always. I think I think he's a good player. We just haven't seen anywhere near. That you know what he's capable of, especially this season. Mm, yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah, and again, it's you don't want him to start getting those runs in games away from home against big clubs as well, especially where he shut it out wide left. I just 
I don't think that's where he's going to be able to thrive and it's going to be a bit harsh on him. But, you know, he did well at City that time. We won 3-2 there, you know, it's, it's in him. So, I don't know, we'll see. But like, say, if he's, if he's out, I reckon it'd likely be James McCarthy that comes in. Um, right, a little bit of a concept here. On the Ro- Romans Empire podcast, Albert, they said that with Hazard's departure, it's seen several players evolve at Chelsea because, um, you know, plan A and B and C and D wasn't, is no longer give the ball to Eden Hazard. Um, and it got me thinking, is it a similar thing with us and Wilfred Zaha in that sense that, you know, most of our thoughts is to go through him and if teams can shut that down, then there's nothing really left that we can do. Yeah, I mean, if that wasn't the question that you were going to ask, that was the point that I'd have made. Yeah, I think it's completely, completely sort of typifies, you know, the, our our playing style and, and how we've played over the last sort of four or five seasons. You know, it is, everything goes through Wilf. You know, the, there was a time when, you know, I, I don't know, it's changed since where, you know, the stats clearly showed that we've not won a game without him. Um you know, famously, we got a, a win against Chelsea after a seven games, no goals, no wins. And it's because Zaha came back in the team and put in a wonderful display. Hopefully we'll see that again this Saturday, sorry. But yeah, it's, you know, do, you know, do we need to sell Wilf potentially even to Chelsea to to free the shackles on Jeff Schlupp, you know? Like, is that... <laughs> is, that the, is that the price we need to pay? <laughs> um, I don't think the shackles need to be freed on Jeff Schlapp. I think they are they they don't exist. There are no shackles. He, um, oh, uh, or as Hambo called him on the review show, he called him jog free Schlapp. Um, his inability to run at faster than a jog. <laughs> um, he, he admittedly did say that he needed to work on that one, but there you go. Um, what about you, Heskiff? Do you think, uh, I know that you're with me and Wilfred Zaha is one of the best players, if not the best player to ever play for Crystal Palace. Um, but, you know, is, is are we getting to the time now where it's, you know, the perfect time for everyone for him to head off? And it looks like Chelsea could be the team that he goes to with the recent rumours that have come about. And for us to then sort of, kick on and you know in a sense do what Chelsea are doing at the moment look to youth and expand it out a bit well I mean I, I never want to see Wilf leave we, we all know that and I think it's a lot easier to thrive without your star player when you've got players like Willian um, coming through you know players like Mason Mount doing really well getting in the team I don't really see who gets in from our current squads that makes a difference in as big a way as that. Um, but money talks, doesn't it? And I think we said throughout the summer that if someone bids as much as we are asking for Wilf, then we'll let him talk to them, which inevitably will mean he'll he'll go. And even though there wasn't really any rumours at the time, I always sort of assumed Chelsea would be in for him and it would work out well for him because he stays in London and they're likely to win something or other, which, you know, Everton aren't. Um, we get a lot of money. Maybe we get Mishy as part of the deal or something. Um, so I think it's a deal that makes a lot of sense as much as I don't want it to happen. Um, but if we if we do eventually sell him, which inevitably it looks like we will, unfortunately, I think... I do think we're going to find it very, very hard. You know, it's fine to say we'll just have to figure out a way to win without him. It's a lot easier to say that than actually do it. And like I say, when you've got the resources that Chelsea have and when you have the amount of money going into the academy that Chelsea have, I think it's a bit easier to do that than it is for Palace. So what you're suggesting is a swap deal for Willian Batshuayi and then we'll give him Zaha and get a bit of cash. Sure. <laughs> sounds, that sounds about right. <laughs> Albert? I think the I think the da- the danger for Wilf is you know if Chelsea if Chelsea carry on as they are, you know, again they they're giving youth a chance, they're still finding a way to play the more experienced players like Willian. You know, you look at you look at their sort of midfield roster, you know, Loftus-Cheek, Ross Barkley, 
you know, Kante, Mason Mount, Pulisic, Willian. You know, if they if they carry on doing well with what they've got, are Chelsea gonna are Chelsea gonna blow fifty million quid or whatever we what you know upwards of fifty million quid on Zaha? Mm. You know, I, you know we've all been saying, you know, City, Liverpool aren't going to come in for him. Tottenham probably can't afford him. He ain't going to go back to United. Turns out, you know, this summer Arsenal couldn't afford him. We were all disappointed that the prospect that he would go to a club of Everton stature. So that kind of that kind of focus the well Chelsea's the they've lost Hazard. Chelsea, you know, Chelsea seems to be the most obvious fit for him now. But like I say, if they carry on in the vein that they are, I'm I'm not I'm not sure they'd they'd want to blow the money on it and up, and upset that balance with what seems to be quite an effective system with what they've got at hand. Yeah, I mean, if if it's not one of the big teams in England, I'd, I'm sh- surely he'd go abroad. I mean, he must realise now that Everton would have been a disastrous decision um, and he's not going to achieve what he wants to achieve in that sense. So I say he's always in Paris, go to Paris Saint-Germain or something like that. I think that will keep us all very happy. You know, even the... The HF have links with the Paris Saint-Germain ultras and go to games over there. So it's a little home away from home for him in that sense. But, um, you know, yeah, this is all obviously just theoretical speaking and um, the comparisons between Hazard leaving Chelsea seem to sort of mimic where we might get to in the future. Right, that, all that leaves us for now is predictions. Uh, we've got some... From the internet today, Jack Davey has sent me a picture of Desmond Tutu dancing um, with, with the um, Dalai Lama. So I'm assuming he's saying Tutu there. Uh, Will Hamilton's gone for a 4 0 Chelsea win. Billiam, former producer of this podcast, 2 1 Chelsea. Um, Neil Tipping's just predicted rain. I oh, really hope not. Uh, Chelsea 3 1 from Phil. Thomas Lopez says, 1-1, Chelsea offence flying high after the Ajax match. Going to need Wardy and PVA to be at their best. <laughs> can see one of those being at his best. Uh, to have a good shot of staying in the game and hope Wilf and Ayu can get a few good shots off to test the feeble-minded, faced-smashed Kepper. Did you see that, Albert? Him taking the ball in the mush? Oh, what, and then it yeah. going in, in off yeah. the mush? And then yeah, Mishy Batshuayi retweeting a video and saying, welcome to the meme club after he uh, <laughs> took the ball in the face when he kicks it against the post in the World Cup. Um, Sam Jordan, who was on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, has said, Eagle Boys live and direct, 2-1 win. Um, that's one lunatic. And um, 2-1 from George, who says... Five-year stadium ban for me once Schlupp scores the winner. So, <laughs> big Jeffrey Schlupp fan there is George. Um, right, Albert, we'll go with you. What are you predicting? Uh, I think it was Phil who predicted a 3-1 Chelsea victory. Uh, Phil, I'm with you, mate. 3-1 Chelsea victory. Mm, and I assume we're going to get something similar from Hesketh. Yeah, a little bit too optimistic, that. Uh, three nil. <laughs> a little bit too optimistic. Uh, no, Charlie Peach 7 on Twitter says, Wilf Masterclass, Palace 6-0. I think that might be the more optimistic prediction. I will go with a... I, I think we'll lose 3-2. Um, they seem quite porous at the back, but you know, I, I just don't see how we're going to stop them going forward. Um, the only chance really is that they've not been as good at Stamford Bridge as they have been away from home. So you never know. Um, we might be able to grab a draw if we're lucky, but 3-2 Chelsea is what I'll end with. We'll be back after this. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Right, that's your lot for this week. Um, listen to the podcasts on Spotify, I've been told to say. Apparently now Spotify, we're getting as much listeners on there as we do iTunes. So hello everyone listening on Spotify. Um, of course on there you'll be able to listen to the Love Sport pod, uh, which DR has made his own really. And um, of course listen to the review show, which will be out on Sunday this week onwards up until... 
well, it'll be the next preview pod, which will be in a couple of weeks now, because obviously we have an international break coming up before we face the final one of the top five, five teams in a row uh, when Liverpool comes to Sellers Park. Uh, head over to backinthenest.com, read our articles there, send your voice notes to the review show on 0203-575-1766. Follow us on the socials at Back in the Nest and... Yeah, that's it, Albert. Thanks for joining. Thanks for sorting your internet out finally. Mate, just turn it off and turn it on again. It, mate, it's, it's an age-old adage, but it works. And Heskiff, um, thank you for joining us in your in your sixth state. Oh, you're most welcome. I, I'm glad the vitamin C got you through, Val. Fingers crossed. I'm going to bed now. And um, make sure next time Irish Alex comes over, let us all know where he is so we can duffy him up (laughs) until two weeks' time (laughs) up the palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.